Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, uh, December the 11th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty. We are talking hormones today. But before I kick into that, this podcast episode is brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. You guys already know the drill. It is the CBD product to take every single night to go to sleep. Specifically, I take the Dream Capsules. Uh, Again, there is no THC in these guys, so it will not get you high, but uh, it will help you sleep. The normal basic active ingredients, the melatonin, obviously the Beam Nano CBD, and we've been sending you guys the samples if you want to try them. So I harassed the homies at Beam long enough. They'll actually send you guys three uh, legit night samples worth of the Dream product if you want to try it 100% for free. All you have to do is just hit us up. Monica will hook it up or I can. We'll send you the link, put your info in, and we'll mail it right to your front door. So you can try it for three nights for free. And as always, we can always get you guys 20% off with the Jeremy Scott discount code. But I want you to try it first. So hit us up. We'll send that to you three nights on us. Who else is doing that? Nobody. But we're crazy here. So that's what it is. So with that said, um, we have a guest today on the podcast, Dr. Ray Hemert. Did I say that right? Hemert. Hemert. I asked him six times and I still messed it up. It's all right. So Dr. Ray Hemert is in the house. He is a board certified emergency physician, graduated from Midwestern University in Glendale, Arizona. Back in 2002, he completed his residency at the University of Florida in Jacksonville in 05 and has been practicing in the Valley of the Sun ever since. He currently is at Bannert Desert Hospital in Mesa, but he has a new venture and we're going to be talking about it a little bit today. Scottsdale HRT, which is a hormone replacement therapy service delivering in-home solutions to people who have low testosterone. Did I get that right? You got it right. Awesome, dude. So welcome, my man. Um, so let's do your let's do your story first. Uh, why why become a doctor? Well, I guess it's more. Why did I go into hormone therapy when I'm a board certified emergency doctor? Nope. And yeah. uh, you know, to answer that question, after 15 years in the ER, it's a trying environment. Uh, the shifts are tough. They're long. You work weekends. You work nights. You work holidays. And when you have a family and three boys, which we have, and they have all kinds of events and sporting events on the weekends, it's nice to be around and be available uh, for them, as well as the other stresses of the ER, all the tragedy, the addiction, the pain, the suffering kind of takes a toll after a few years and you, and you kind of want to move in a different direction. And I almost took a job with an insurance company being a medical director for them, but an old friend from med school said, hey, Ray, come visit me in Chicago and see my practice before you sign any papers. And I was reluctant to do it. And I, my wife's like, yeah, you should at least go have to, you know, hear what he has to say. And so we flew out there last February and I spent three days at his practice and he's been doing hormone replacement for men uh, for about five years now. He initially was a, a general surgeon, then did plastic surgery, specialized in men's cosmetic surgery, like, you know, gynecomastia surgery, men's facelifts. And a natural offshoot of that was the testosterone. And so he's been doing it, and I sat in his office, and I just watched man after man, probably between 35 and 60 years old was, was the, the most of his population, the most of his patient population. And they just came in and were just saying how much they were enjoying life since they got on his program and how much energy they had. Their sex life was better. Their lean muscles increased. They, they lost weight. they concentrating. They're sleeping. And I was like, wow, what a breath of fresh air compared to what I deal with on a daily basis. And 
I was really motivated by it and I decided to experience it myself so I would know what it is and, and how it feels. And so I became one of his patients last February and I can tell you within, I'm 52 years old and within three to four months, I felt like I was back in my thirties and physically, uh, you know, lost about 12 pounds, much more energy, sleeping better, concentration, stronger, love. I, I don't even want to leave the gym anymore. That's how good I feel. And so I believe in the product and I think I can help a lot of people with it. What, um, like, so when you went out to see him, did you feel, did you know your hormones were low? Did you think they were low or did you just kind of think this is life after 50? You know, it's kind of subtle the way it drops off. I, the way I tell my patients is it's almost like when you go to the doctor and you get glasses and you don't realize how bad your vision is and you put them on, you're like, wow, I actually can see features on the moon and leaves on trees. And so the kind of the similar to that, it's insidious the way the testosterone levels drop, but between 40 and 50 years of age, I just felt overall a decrease in energy, um, uh, not wanting to get that extra rep at the gym. And once I got on the testosterone, it was exactly the opposite. I felt like I didn't want to leave there. I just wanted to keep going. And my levels weren't critically low, but, you know, a normal level is 200 to 1,000. You know, a 20-year-old's levels are probably 800 to 1,000. And when you get to be 40 to 50, levels start to drop. My level was 400. But more than that, as we age, our body produces another protein. It's a sex hormone binding globulin. So the amount of testosterone we have that's available to us also decreases. So a better way to say that is if my level is 400 and a 20-year-old level is 400, he's going to have a lot more effect of his testosterone than I would. So getting on the program and getting my levels up to 850 made a big difference. It's still within normal level. We don't give people you know, Barry Bonds performance enhancing doses. Whoa, whoa, know. whoa. Never, never tested positive for steroids. No, no, ever. no, no. <laughs> it, was the, it was just the clear. It was some some supplement he must have taken. And his head grew like four sizes. Yeah. yeah. But now we look at him now. It's interesting now that he's gotten off how his body has come back to, to normal size. But, you know, we just give you the levels that, so you're going to have the same levels as someone in their early 20s and all the benefits that go with it. So for somebody at home who, and again, most of the people who listen to this are, you know, fitness minded i would imagine for the most part but for someone listening like what is you know hormone replacement therapy in a nutshell or how you describe it to somebody and you you guys only do you only do dudes right well yeah and and my friend that i mentioned earlier he he does women as well um my practice is new and for now i'm just going to stick with male patients and you know what we're doing is we're just bringing your levels back to what they were when you were younger and so you get the benefits of the testosterone you know it's interesting that for some reason or another, there's a little bit of a stigma attached to testosterone therapy. Whereas women who are postmenopausal take estrogen because estrogen is what makes a woman a woman. So you ask, why wouldn't a man take testosterone if that's what makes a man a man? And so, you know, now that I, I've gotten into it and I'm using it and I'm, I'm prescribing it, I, I think everybody who has no contraindications should, should be taking it. Every male who's 30 to 50 years old, if you want to feel like you did in your 20s. So, like, for a normal dude, well, I guess, who is it for then? Everybody? You know, so it's for men who are, you know, roughly between the age of 35 and 60. If you have any history of cancer, congestive heart failure, blood clots, or prostate problems, those are all absolute contraindications. Unfortunately, this therapy is not for you. Uh, if you are, a, you know, morbidly obese, diabetic, smoker, things like that, probably not a good idea. But it's for people who are generally fit, want to be fit, who have been in the gym, you know, 
periodically or, or most of their life, you know, people that are, are fitness minded who, you know, want to get back to that level that they had when they were younger, that's who this is for. So like why for somebody who, who smokes or who is maybe like obese, like why is it not ideal? Well, if you're going to take androgens, you really have to be committed and all in. And I just think that someone who's already at that spot, and I'm not saying I don't want to help those people. I just think you probably should at least get the ball rolling by quitting the smoking, losing weight, and being in a position to go on testosterone therapy. I think if you're at that point, it's probably not a good idea. It could actually cause some harm. No shit. Like what, what's the, like what could happen? Like let's say Rick comes in here, Rick smokes. He's got 80 pounds to lose. And he's like, I want to get jacked, bro. But I don't want to quit smoking and eating like shit. And uh, you're going to give him testosterone. Like what could happen? To well, him? if you have high androgen levels, it can contribute to cardiovascular disease if you're predisposed to it. So if you're a smoker, diabetic, and, and overweight, you probably don't want to add that on. Okay. No, it makes total sense. And also, it's like the way I think about it. And again, I grew up in the, the bodybuilding world of people doing multiple things in the androgen, testosterone, anabolic steroid world. And it had always baffled me that like these dudes would do drugs, uh, for what lack of a better term, but then eat Sonic like every other day. And I'm like, if you're going to like, why would you not max out your natural potential before you start adding in other things? And that's kind of the, what you're saying is the same thing. Right? Absolutely. That that's, that's, I couldn't have said it better. Nice dude. And so why is testosterone important? Like for men and women, for a normal person who doesn't understand? Well, what testosterone does, it helps with your concentration. It helps with sleep, helps with energy. It's it helps with your sex drive, prolonged erection, strength of an erection, uh, your body composition, your body fat and your muscle mass ratio. And as we age and our levels get lower, all of those things diminish. And like the normal age where it tends to, to start dropping. That's variable. I, I can say f I had hurt my knee, uh, when I was 40 years old and I looked into the therapy to try to help with my rehabilitation. I got my testosterone levels checked and, and they were close to 800. So I had to drop, it almost cut in half from 40 to 50, but that's variable. I've had a patient who was in his, who was 30 or, or 29 or 30, I can't remember his exact age, whose level was 200. So it's hard to tell. Some, a lot of it's genetic. Uh, also, the way you take care of yourself, you eat and your sleep will also affect your, your testosterone levels. What, uh, like what raises it naturally? Anything? Exercise and rest and, and good, good diet. And that's like could put you in the best boat you could be in, but genetically you might just be correct screwed. And I have one guy who's a who's a personal trainer actually, and who's incredibly fit, and he has a familial gene problem that has caused his testosterone level to be like the, the, the like what a woman who is a teenager would be, like really that low, 140. And so, like when he comes in, like he just feels oh, he's, like he feels like a million bucks now because he's been on the program for a while. But like when he walks in at a, like 140. He feels like shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that affected him was sleep, and he's just uh, was texting me recently how much better that has been since he's been on the program. So, like, what is, like, considered, like, on the low end? I guess it depends on age, right? You, yeah, it does, but, you know, men who are around 50 years old generally are in the three to 400 range. That's, like, healthy? Yeah, who are just, yeah, that would be a natural range, a, a normal range of testosterone for someone in that age group. And so if you're 50 and they're pulling in, it's like 200. It's yeah, not, that's not that, good. That's not, yeah, you're going you're gonna to be, you'll, you'll benefit big time by going on it. And the issues with the low levels is like, they, it affect, how does it affect the sleep? Do we know? 
I, I don't, I can't tell you the, the biochemical or physiological reason for it. Uh, I just know that testosterone, when your levels are low, will affect your quality of sleep. Which affects? Your life. Yes. <laughs> Basically right? every facet of it. Yeah, for sure. Recovery, how you yeah. build muscle, everything. What's, uh, like, what's considered high if, like, a normal dude just came in who's 40 years old? If he is, like, 1,000, would he be? Uh, you're not going to see that level in a 40-year-old. I, mean, I don't know of any, and I haven't seen that. But I've had several that were in the six to 700 range, and, and they don't qualify, actually, when they're at that level. It's too hard to get them just 100 or two above that. The dose would be so small and hard to regulate. So if, you're, if your level is under 600, we do not. We just say, hey. Congratulations, you're, you're, you're good. Come back and you're, see me in five or ten years. Yeah, you're James Harrison. Yeah. You're naturally just a beast. Exactly. So the main issues, which we've talked a little bit about, like with the lower levels, like what's the, the five biggest things people might feel or notice? Again, a normal person, I would assume, goes to get a physical once a year, gets their blood work, they pull it, but I'm assuming here, and that's probably not correct, because some people maybe get a physical, and I'm, I'm assuming that their physician would pull it, but does a normal doctor really address it i'm not sure you know it's becoming more mainstream i think the more progressive doctors and the younger doctors are checking it i've had some patients who had blood work and had testosterone levels checked by their primary doctor i wouldn't say it's a routine test uh but yeah the you know it's variable depending on your your physician so what would you say like lack of sex drive no energy what's the biggest ones yeah it's yeah absolutely you just nailed it so lack of energy decreased sex drive uh, sleep concentration is another one I noticed since I've been on it. I'm able to focus and, and get a lot more done, and and that's absolutely attributed to it. I assume like people get I don't want to say depressed. I mean that's not the right word, but you just don't feel like like you. Yeah, and and again, it was really insidious as it happens. I did not. I wasn't aware of how much I, I guess deteriorated from 40 to 50 until I went on it and, you know, 12 weeks went by and I'm like, man, this is, this is great. Uh, you know, my muscle mass has increased. My, my fat has gone down. And, and I, and I was telling you earlier before we started the podcast that there's definitely a motivational factor to this as well. You know, this is not placebo. These, these medications really do help your body physiologically change. But when you're on a program like this and you're, you're paying your, your money to, to be on the program and you're actually taking injections, there's a motivational factor that makes you want to eat better, makes you want to get to the gym more, makes you want to run, you know, cardio. I've stepped it up. I, I don't ever go more than a week without trail running, play hockey every week. And, uh, you know, and I look forward to it and I make sure I find the time to do that. And I, I attribute some of that to the fact that I'm in this program myself. Yeah, I'm sure it's kind of like twofold. Like one, you probably have more energy. And then two, like you're like, well, shit, if I'm going to do it, I might as well squeeze it and get the most juice out of it as it, I can, right? It, yeah, exactly. Well said. So what's... Um, like, what's the issues like for people if it's if it's high? So, like, let's say your testosterone is is crazy high. You're a twenty five year old dipshit, which I think all dudes at twenty five are stupid. I was <laughs> terrible. I'm not that smart yet, so you can imagine what it was ten you years ago. Put me in that boat too. Yeah. So, like, let's say the dude at home is maybe doing it by himself, or he's you know messing with it, and he's ridiculously high. So, if he's supposed to be at seven hundred, he's at 1400 a week like what's the issue when yeah, your stuff runs high and these guys who are doing it who are buying it from you know some friend who's getting it from god knows where their levels are actually even quite higher than that you know probably two to three thousand range and is that real they, they, yeah they're hurting their bodies um they're gonna get uh they'll have skin changes first off they can have rapid mood swing um you know one of the things is they only take testosterone and that will that you know if you take any hormone in your body 
it, you're, there's a negative feedback mechanism that shuts down your own production of that hormone. So by taking exogenous testosterone into your body, your body's going to stop producing it. So then if you are getting it from this supply chain that's not you know, reliable and all of a sudden you can't get it, you're going to crash and you're going to crash hard. And it's not safe to do that to your body. It can actually shock your body and put you into an adrenal crisis. If you remember, and in, in you know, with Jason Giambi back in uh, around 2000, oh, yeah. had an issue with that when he was doing, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly what androgens he was doing, but his body, when he stopped it, basically crashed and, you know, he, he, he had to be hospitalized briefly. And, uh, you know, so that's a, that's a risk that you take. And, you know, when the way we do it is we actually give you a, another medication that will keep your own testosterone production going. And that works for two reasons it, it, that's beneficial. One is that you won't have testicular atrophy. No guy wants his balls to shrink up basically, right? And who, who wants that? So if you take this other medication that we give you, we'll prevent that. And the other thing it does is if you decide to stop for whatever reason, you just do a couple of more weeks of that other medication and you will be right back where you started so that you don't harm your body. And I think the biggest you know, thing I see with some of my patients that are coming from even other prescribers uh, that are doing hormone replacement is they have them on just testosterone and that's not the safe way to do it. So how does it, um, well, I'll, let's just touch on that since we're already there. So, you know, so-and-so comes in, they get on their normal testosterone, then you guys obviously have them on some kind of HCG protocol. Correct. And what does that look like for like a normal, just your standard patient? So what we do is we, we have a, a weak, you know, kind of a, of a, a pattern, right? So on day one, you would do your testosterone injection. On day two, we give you an astrazole, right? So we don't want to, we have this testosterone that's going to peak on day two because we did the injection a day before. Well, it's a natural process of the body to convert that testosterone to, andro, to uh, estrogen, sorry. And, you know, men don't want high estrogen levels because you can get gynecomastia, which is, you know, breast growth in men when nobody wants that. Uh, There's and, a slang term. I won't, I don't need to say it on the air, but we've talked about it before on here. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and you can get very moody as well um, from it. How often does that, like, is that? That's once a week. You take the anastrozole the day after the injection, and yep. that will keep your test, your estrogen levels rather uh, in a safe range. Not every man needs it. Not everybody aromatizes testosterone to estrogen, but almost all my patients are on it. And, and it, it, the few that don't, don't need it. And sometimes that's, you know, you do need some estrogen. Men need estrogen as women need, to, as well as women need some testosterone. Uh, but you just don't want your levels to get above 50. And then you start having the, you know, the side effects that we don't want. So day two would be the anastrozole. And then HCG we give on day five and six. And that's an inject. The anastrozole is a pill. The, the HCG is an, is an injection. It's a very, very small needle. It's an insulin needle. Uh, completely painless and you do that on day five and six and again that keeps your body's own production of testosterone going as well as stops to prevents the testicular atrophy and so let's go and i'll come back to how you guys break it down but the ways that it's administered totally so you so and again you you guys do the injections but there's injections there's pellets right there are so yeah pellets are for like a steadier low dose there that's what you like my friend who i mentioned earlier in his practice that's what he does with with women because it's one they, they put the pellets in and it's good for you know six to eight months and it gives them a good steady level uh, a lower level like that uh, we use testosterone cypionate because of the the half-life of it being uh, so that our levels for the week we want our levels we don't want big peaks and valleys we want to kind of stay even and have a nice level you know, between 800 and 1,000. So we give the testosterone cypionate on Monday, and your, and your dose will vary depending on what your levels are. And we recheck those levels three months after you start and adjust accordingly. 
Uh, and then with the HCG, you get another bump at the end of the week from your own production of testosterone. So it's nice and straight. You know, we want to have a straight line of, of your testosterone as you can for the week. Okay. So they get a little increase with the yeah. injections. And there are also creams that, you know, that some people use. That's, you know, we talked a little bit about Barry Bonds, but there was a cream that you can get. Problem with that is variable absorption. Uh, also, if you have kids around the house, if it's on your hands, you know, it, it can, you can unwillingly contaminate or, or give someone else testosterone that doesn't really need it. So the safest way, the best way that we believe to do it is with the injection. That's right. Cause somebody got, who do we have? We had somebody on the podcast. They were telling me like they would, God, I'm trying to remember the story. Somebody used the cream, but then they would always like use something at home and smear it on it. And then the other person would like lay on it. I don't know if they shared like a weight bench <laughs> or something. And then, like they had this transference and like the, I think the dude got kind of messed up because of it. Oh, wow. Because one person was supposed to be on it and one person wasn't, which I've not, I've never met anybody who's used uh, any of the cream stuff, but we do have women here that have used the pellets for sure. Right. And why is the, why do the women tend to do the pellet route? Why does that seem to be popular? Well, just because it's, you don't have, first of all, it's not an injection. It's one, they, they, it's a, it's a small surgical procedure. They do it into the glute and it has to be inserted with a trocar and it goes in, uh, you know, a good three to four centimeters. So, um, but what's nice about it is that they only have to see the doctor uh, or, or administer the medication once every, I believe it's six to eight months that the pellets are good for. Uh, and then it gives them a very, very steady absorption so that their level is always the, you know, they want to have between 30 and 50 is their goal. And it's, it really works nicely for that. And why don't dudes do that? It's not enough. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You'd have to put a lot of pellets in there. And also the pellets are very pricey compared to the injectable form. And they can't, cause we have a couple, there's a couple, uh, females we work with that do it. So you can't exercise for a couple of days after you yeah you know it is a, it's a surgical procedure you have a little laceration that they you know that was created with a, or an incision i should call it that was created with the scalpel and uh you kind of have to wait for that to heal before you can do certain exercises like what happens if like cindy gets it in her butt and then she like starts working out or like squashes it does anything bad happen does well it, it doesn't squash the pellets you can just have the dehiscence basically an opening of the of the incision and so you have to wait for that to heal before you can really press it plus anytime you have an incision like that you run the risk of infection as well uh and uh but that is you know from what my friend tells me and from everything i read that is the preferred route for for women i've heard that too i was just curious like what would happen like if it was because of the incision itself or like it's not like they get the pellets put in there and then they become the hulk if they like <laughs> exercise or something you know what i'm saying like it disperses all at once and they're like super jacked yeah no it, it, it's a good the reason actually why they 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 prefer it is because it doesn't disperse all at once it's a very slow absorption over a uh, half a year okay so for reference for a, a normal person who's listening if you have let's say and these are obviously gonna be ballpark ranges a 25 year old woman and 25 year old dude like what is the difference in like testosterone levels between the two in terms of like basic numbers so people can get a picture for 25 you said 25 year old correct yeah like 25 so 25 year old male will have a testosterone level of uh roughly say 800 plus or minus you know 100 or so and a woman's testosterone level at that age would be around 40 plus or minus 10. so the difference between 40 and 800 yeah and yeah and in men it's the it's the same thing it's the opposite and that's crazy. So you can see why we're so aggressive and stupid. <laughs> that's basically it, right? It plays a role. And in terms of, obviously, you know, building muscle tissue, that's why dudes are like dudes and, and females are more like females. Yeah. Like I said earlier, estrogen is what makes a woman a woman and testosterone makes a man a man. That's crazy. That's such a huge gap, too. 
I don't think like we think of it that way sometimes, but that's gnarly. So, okay, I got these here. So let's say somebody is listening and they're like, well, maybe my stuff is low. What do you suggest like the first steps they take? Well, the, the, what we do and the way my program works is I, you contact me and we set up an appointment. I, I'm a concierge service. Uh, I, I mentioned to you earlier uh, with the way COVID came on this year and starting a practice, uh, it ended up being a concierge rather than signing a lease on a on an office space because there are just so many unknowns and variables in 2020. Smart choice. Uh, it's, it's actually worked out well. And like yeah. I also mentioned, the, the patients seem to really respond to it. They like the privacy of me coming to their home. Uh, and we can also meet at a public place near their home if they prefer that. Uh, but the way it works is you contact me. We set up an appointment. Uh, I come out. We go through all the, the effects and the, and the consents and how the medication's administered. And then what I do is send you a text with a ticket for LabCorp. And on your convenience, you go to LabCorp, you show them the ticket, they draw your blood. Uh, usually uh, two to three days, I get the results of that blood. And as long as your levels are uh, in, in a range under 600, your testosterone, your prostate level is normal. Uh, and there's no other outliers with the, we do a pretty good panel of blood work, uh, CBC, we do a chem panel. Uh, we check your thyroid hormone and all that stuff initially. And so if everything looks good, we send your, we order your medication and it comes directly to your house. So you don't have to come to the office. That's another thing I noticed with some other practices, the patients have to go in weekly for their injections. And, you know, that's tough for most people to, to do. Uh, but this way, the medications are sent to your home and people will administer, administer it to themselves. I'm available anytime for any questions. I give them my, my personal cell phone number. Uh, so I'm always available to them. And we start them out, and in three months, we recheck the blood work to make sure that they're uh, neither too high nor too low and adjust the medication accordingly. Uh, and we also check the other blood work that needs to be checked, your liver enzymes, your blood counts, and things of that nature. And then if that's all good, we check it every six months. We do, by law, have to have one face-to-face encounter per year uh, to prescribe testosterone. That's it, one time a year. Yep. And you're golden. Yes. What's the, and you touched on it for a second, what is the issue with the prostate? Like, let's say their numbers were weird. What is that with the testosterone? So, yeah, there's there's a misconception amongst a lot of people that testosterone causes prostate cancer, and that's absolutely not true. What is true, however, is you have, if you have an undetectable or very, very small prostate, you know, if you have some prostate cancer cells, the testosterone will accelerate the growth of that. Now, my, my friend, you know, who I mentioned a few times throughout this podcast, uh, he actually had a patient that came in that had a normal uh, PSA. That's what we check, prostate sti- uh, stimulating am- antigen. And the three-month blood work, it, it had jumped up. And so he stopped the testosterone, sent him to his urologist. And the, the benefit of it was actually he ended up catching prostate cancer in this guy way earlier than it would have had he not entered his program and actually benefited this guy and, and he was able to get treatment very early and had a good outcome. So, you know, That's we crazy. Did check it. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of interesting because his initial PSA was normal. Uh, and then when he, after three months, it had gone up so much and they caught it real, real early and he did really well. Is that the big one? Like when you guys pull blood work, that's like, eh. That's the PSA. Is, yeah, that's the first thing. we One of the ones we check, and we, we want to monitor that uh, continuously. We also check our blood counts. One out of every 20 men will get an uh, increase in their red blood cell count. And if it gets too high, that can actually increase your chance of getting clots because your blood gets more viscous. 
And in those patients, what they do is they go and donate blood and it brings their levels back down and we continue to monitor it. It's not a, it's not a, they don't have to stop the therapy and they can, if they want, they can continue, but we just monitor it closely and make sure that they're, they're giving blood and, and that their levels stay in a safe range. And why does that, why is that? The testosterone just somehow stimulates the bone marrow to increase the red blood cell production in, you know, 5% of people. Cause I have a dude, he was just here, um, what day is it? Today Friday? Today is Friday. Yeah, he was here today. He does that. Yeah, polycythemia induced by yeah, because he had testosterone. to go. He had to go Wednesday to do, and I've heard that before too. He, yeah. How often do they have to do it? Just depends on the person. It depends on what their level is, and yeah, and the person, and uh, it may your body may grow a tolerance to it, and it might it might autocorrect. Uh, we just monitor it closely, and you know, I had one patient that had it that that wasn't comfortable with it and chose to go off, and that was his right to do that, and and you know and you know, totally uh, agree with him if he wanted to go that way. But I told him he didn't have to stop. We can continue to monitor it. So it's really just what your comfort level is if you are one of those 21 and 20 people that gets it. So what would happen if you just like, again, so a lot of these, a lot of things happen in people obviously that are not healthy. They don't take care of themselves. They don't get routine checkups. They don't do screenings. It's stupidity. Anybody listening, please do your normal stuff. Uh, But if you're, let's say your red blood cells went crazy and your blood gets nuts, like what happens if you don't donate it? at that point well i mean i again we to for me to continually prescribe the medication to you you have to agree to do uh, to do the blood work so like i have a one patient right now who's yet to give me his blood work and i keep saying i'm i can't order your medications unless you get the blood work done you know so you know i will stop the you know you will not be able to be in the program if you're not going to do it in a safe way safety is obviously first and foremost and the last thing we want to do, we take an oath is do no harm, right? So uh, if someone has high blood cell counts and they're not, do- and we check those people every three months instead of every six months to make sure that their hemoglobin is not continuing to climb and that by donating blood that they're staying in a safe range. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if they don't, if they're not willing to do that, then unfortunately they can't stay in the program and they won't get the medication. So for most of these people, they're obviously, they have some level of body awareness because they came in to see you or whatever the motivator was at first. But once they're being seen routinely or getting blood work pulled routinely, they're probably so much more informed than they were prior to this because they're like, well, I'm getting my blood drawn every three months or six months where a normal person maybe does it once a year. Yeah. I mean, I would say even less, most people don't, you know, I would say less than that. I I think it's uh, probably half the population doesn't see a doctor annually. Which is crazy to me too. Because if you could prevent so much stuff. Yeah, well, I, in the emergency room, I see it all the time. And I see I see patients sometimes, and I'm the first doctor they've seen in 20 years. That is crazy, actually. Yeah. I bet you see a lot of gnarly stuff, though, in the ER, too. That's the, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a crazy place. Yeah. I'll, we'll t- I'll talk about that once we get through some of this stuff. Um, so, okay, okay, so a person, a normal dude, is going to come in. They get seen. Um, if they're going to go to a place, they'd go once a week. Otherwise, you send them everything to do on their own. Correct. Once a week. Yeah. And that's what sets us apart, I, I think, from, you know, some of the other practices, as well as the fact that I'm, you know, a, a upfront practicing physician. Uh, I know that a lot of these practices are people who didn't go to medical school. You have nurse practitioners and nothing against them. You know, they, they are qualified to do what they do. But the level of experience and the, the knowledge of, the, of medicine that I have from, you know, what I do, I think, gives me a little bit of, a, of an advantage. And you take your, you're also, you're the president and you're also the client. Correct. That's right. There yep. you go. Yeah. Just like hair club from men. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> when you have this stuff going on, like you send it to them, these guys are going to, they're do their own injections at home. Correct. Does this freak some people out? 
some people that's that you know if you're not willing to do that then yeah we don't do the cream so that's something you you can't do but i haven't really had much of a problem with that because like for a normal person listening uh when they're doing the hcd injections those are like they're tiny and that's like just in their stomach probably uh well no i in the glute it can be in the delt it could be in the stomach and it could be in the glute you have options personally i i find the the glute is the least painful and it's not a visible site either, so every now and then you can get a little bruising from any injection, and so if it's in that area, no one can see it. But the testosterone itself, like that's a real, that's a real shot. Yeah, it is. It's a small volume. It's never more than one milliliter, uh, you know, one cc. Uh, however, it is viscous because it's in sesame oil, and sesame seed oil, and uh, because of that, you cannot use a very small twenty-eight or thirty gauge syringe like we do with insulin uh, and with the HCG. So it's a 23-gauge syringe, and it's a one-inch needle. It has to be intramuscular. So, yeah, it is, it's a real shot, but it's a small volume, and, and honestly, I can tell you, it doesn't really hurt that much, and the benefits far outweigh that. Just right into your butt. Yep. Takes like, what, two seconds, three seconds? Yeah, with the viscous, with it's the viscosity bit, of it. A little bit yeah, thicker. Got, yeah, it's a little thicker, so it, it takes about three or four seconds to inject it. Nice. HCG takes a second. So what can somebody... They expect like when they, I mean the, the typical person, when they get on to like a hormone replacement therapy, if their levels were, you know, garbage and you guys bring them back to like a healthy range and like how long does it take? Like you don't get it on Monday and then Tuesday you feel like the no, rock. It's no, going to no. take a while. Well, in my own personal anecdotal experience, I can tell you it took me about eight to, to 10 weeks until I really started feeling great. Uh, but I started feeling the effects as early as two weeks. I, it was just kind of gradual and it built up it by about about 12 weeks is when you really start hitting the, the, the peak benefits and you feel it. And the feedback I've gotten from my patients is similar to my trajectory. And how often do you um, talk to these guys as much as they want, basically? Yeah, I had one guy that was calling me weekly and I was happy to take his call. He had a lot of questions. He's a little bit of a nervous guy. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of walked him through it and he's gotten very comfortable with it and I haven't heard from him in probably two months. So, you know, I think he's getting it down. Nice. And how long, like, does somebody, I don't want to say need to take it for, but do you take it for, they take it forever then? Well, if you want to feel like you, like I feel now, I've, I have no plan to stop doing this unless there was something that would come up where I, I couldn't continue doing it for, you know, if something happened with my, my prostate levels or my cardiac uh, if, you know, if you have congestive heart failure, things like that, I don't anticipate that anytime soon, but yeah, I, I don't see a reason to stop it, uh, financially that, you know, could be a reason someone may not be able to continue. Uh, but it's really not that expensive that my program is basically what it costs you to go out one night for a dinner. Uh, and, um, if you do choose to stop because we use HCG, you can safely do it. Uh, we just tape you down with the HCG for a couple of weeks after the testosterone, last testosterone dose, and basically you're back where you started. Which is like wherever you, so if you came in at 400, yeah. you probably You'll, you'll come back to that level because you're still producing testosterone. We never, your body doesn't shut down its own production the way we give it. And if you're the dude who's like doing it like a dumbass, like, and you're doing like 2000, like and you're going crazy and you stop it completely you're gonna crash like super low yes you're gonna be really and maybe never come back lethargic uh you, yeah it most you in time you probably will but it's gonna it can be very slow and if you really you know if you have severe testicular atrophy you're doing high dose of testosterone for years it's gonna be a while before you feel normal again i imagine so and it, your body's pretty resilient though like yeah it, it wants to homeostasis is a real thing like it wants to kind of self-regulate and, and keep you going true um, let's touch on this one. Uh, does it help people 
lose weight? Yes, and, and actually more so. So the testosterone is going to increase your, your lean muscle mass. And if you have increased muscle, you're gonna, it's going to increase your amount of calories that you burn on a regular basis. Plus, you're going to be exercising more. But additionally, and this is, again, with my program, not all programs do the HCG component, but you may have heard of HCG as a, people using it as a diet, you know, like the HCG diet where they do HCG injections along with, you know, changing their eating habits and they lose weight. And so why does HCG make you lose weight? So structurally, chemically, HCG is very similar to thyroid hormone and it binds to thyroid receptors in the body. And so our thyroid hormone, what that does, that basically regulates our metabolism. People who have very low thyroid levels have very, very low metabolism. People who have high thyroid levels, you know, they, have, they don't have a, a, any body fat on them because they, and their heart's racing away and, you know, they, they can even be toxic from thyroid hormone, you know, people who have goiters and things of that nature. Um, but the, the, the nice benefit of the HCG is it will actually increase your metabolism and, and help you lose weight. So I can, I could speak, you know, my, my wife, you know, can tell you as well, but in about 12 weeks, I went from 170 down to 158 and lean. And I look like I did when I was 28. No shit. Yeah. And when you're talking about the thyroid stuff, you're talking like people who are like hypo, like yeah. hyper. Yeah. People that are, yeah. People have hypothyroidism They're you know, they, they put on weight. They have, they're very lethargic. They have less energy and their metabolism slows and, and people are hyperthyroid, the opposite. I mean, you want to be, you don't want to be on either end of that, but the, again, it's the nice side effect of the HCG is it will slightly increase your metabolism and help with weight loss. That was the question you asked. And like, were you trying to lose weight? Like when you started yours? I wasn't specifically trying to lose weight. I, I wasn't really that heavy at 170, but it was just, again, being on the program, taking the medications, and because of that, the motivational effect, I just, I just want to be ripped. Who doesn't, right? Who wants to want to be in good shape? So... I just hit the pavement and I trail run. I, you know, I, I've been making sure I've been playing hockey every week and not missing it and hitting the gym more. And when I'm at the gym, I have more energy. So my workouts are longer. I'm doing more pull-ups. I'm, I'm increasing it all. So, you know, one thing just feeds into the other. And before you know it, you, you're back where you were at 28. Feeling like Rambo. Yeah. Kinda. I dig it, man. Uh, so did you change the way that you train at all other than you just have more energy so you felt like you wanted to do more? I, I, I haven't changed the way I, I train. Um, you know, it's just more... You've been active for your whole life, basically. Yeah, I've, I've never gone a, a week without working out in my life probably since I was, you know, even a, a, an athlete as a kid. Uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like my workouts have been a lot better uh, and I did increase my cardio. Absolutely. Uh, what about, uh, did you always sleep? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you're an ER doctor. So my, your schedule my, is yeah. Terrible. That, again, it's hard for me. I'm not the average citizen when it comes to sleep and not just the, the schedule fluctuation, but also the things I see in the ER sometimes affects my, my, my night's sleep, unfortunately. Uh, so sleep has always been a challenge, but I, I can say I had been sleeping better. What's, um, I'll come back to a lot of this. What is your schedule like? Like when you, like a typical, do you have a typical week? No, that's the, that's exactly it. There really is no schedule. So, so like, I, you do know, you, do work. They, like next week to give you a work schedule. Yeah, I know I have my schedule made uh, a couple of months in advance, but there's no week that's the same as the week before. So, and we have such a busy, we're, I work in the seventh busiest emergency department in the United States. And because of that, we have many different shifts. You know, I've worked in other ERs that was smaller where you could only have one of three shifts, which is a little easier on your life. But I can work at 5 a.m. I can work at 5 p.m. I can work at 11 p.m. You know, and, and again, weekends, holidays, it's it's all the same thing. That's great. So what do you... Time like, stands still in an ER. Yeah. So do you work tomorrow? No. 
I, I know my son has a lacrosse tournament in Maricopa tomorrow, so we'll be down there. Nice, dude. So I, work, like, I work Sunday. What time do you go to work? Sunday, I work 10. It's actually a, a, a more normal shift for me, 10 to 7. Yesterday, I worked till what, 11, 2 to 11? And then I work overnight Tuesday, 7P to 7A. What is the worst, the overnight? It's hard. As I, you know, when I was younger, I was able to tolerate the overnights better. Um, as I've gotten older, they, they, I struggle with them. In fact, I try to make sure I never have more than one or two in a row. I cannot really do long blocks of nights anymore because it's harder for me during the day to adjust and to sleep. Uh, it's just, it's just as you age, it's harder to do nights. There's no doubt about that. Just beats your ass. Yeah. And especially now we have a special shift that I'm doing Tuesday because of the, the number of COVID patients in our hospital where I will work the whole night responding to patients, sadly patients that are coding. Uh, that's, that's that, that job that night. I don't have patients I take care of. It's I'm the whole hospital. I cover all the emergencies. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, it is nuts. I didn't know that it was that busy. Over there, either. Oh yeah, yeah. We're the we're the busiest in the state, and like I said, uh, the, the seventh busiest in the as a single ER, uh, not like as a hospital group, but as a single ER, single building, we are the seventh busiest in the country. Why? We see about four hundred people a day in that ER. Is there a reason for that? Uh, geographically, I guess you know, just the patient population in and around that area. We're also a level one trauma center, and. We're the furthest east in the valley trauma center, so we get all the trauma even from like as far away as you know eastern or western New Mexico will come to us. No kidding. Yeah, that's gnarly. Yeah. So yeah, your sleep is erratic for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. You know, again, that's that's part of the reason this business has come about. As I get older, I'm looking to transition away from the emergency department. Uh, you know, I'm almost in my mid fifties, and as you know, for the last part of my career, I'd like to have a little more of a of a normal schedule. Oh, I hear you there, bro, for sure. What, um, so how many hours a night do you try to get uh, sleep? I try to sleep about seven hours a night when I can. You feel pretty good on seven? I do. And what do you tell your um, the patients that come in? Same thing, six, seven, eight hours? Yeah, I think anything more than eight is probably not beneficial. I think it can actually give you a hangover effect and affect your energy. No kidding. If they sleep too long. Yeah, I mean, you had Albert Einstein who took, what, three 20-minute naps a day. Get a lot done. He's a genius. Yes, he that's was. what they say. Um, what about uh, booze? Like uh, dudes who come in who they want to be like Rambo, but they drink a lot. You know, does, does that matter? Again, it's it, it. You just take the testosterone out of the equation, and it's just the same thing. I would tell any patient, right? Everything in moderation. So you know, it's not healthy. It's not good for your body. If you want to be doing testosterone, you're obviously thinking about your health. So you want to do everything in moderation and nothing excessive. So you're going to eat well. You're not going to drink too much alcohol if we, if you can help it. And what about, um, do you talk to any of these guys about like, like dieting protocols and say like, Hey dude, like if you eat a certain way or is there a certain way that you eat or that you would suggest somebody, whether it's like, Hey, more, I can throw out the 90 protocols, more paleo, like more keto, like more just like eat real foods. Or is there something that you think works better with the therapy than something else? Well, I don't go, I'm not a dietitian. I don't go too into uh, the nutrition. But what I have suggested to several of my patients is intermittent fasting. And the way I tell them to do that, I know there's different definitions of that, but after dinner, don't eat anything until after, until noon the next day, you know, wake up in the morning, maybe just have a, you know, a glass of juice or something and try to get to the, you know, for people who need, who are looking to lose weight to try intermittent fasting. And then, you know, your carbohydrate intake, you know, you don't want to eat carbs late at night uh, when you're sleeping. That's going to, you know, it's not going to be beneficial to you. So try to avoid that. Interesting. Yeah. I just always am curious what, uh, what you say to the people like in terms of, I know it's not like your, it's not your area, Correct. but it's all like, 
It's all connected, though. Yes. 100%, dude. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about what is this, uh, what's this runner dude who wants to come in and get jacked? Like, so what does he pay? Yeah, it, normally we're two twenty nine a month, and okay. that includes everything, all of your consultations, doctors' visits, your uh, all of your medications, and all of your lab work. So it's it's a real reasonable, uh, you know, cost. It's not we do not do insurance uh, for the month of December. Uh, we are letting people lock in for one ninety nine a month, and for my current clients or any future clients, anybody they refer to me, they get one month for free as well. Nice, dude. Yeah, it's very affordable. And the biggest difference between you and probably some of the other places, one, they don't have to go anywhere. Correct. The concierge part and the privacy part. Uh, and again, with the really unnecessary stigma with testosterone, men have responded well by not having to go to an office. And they can like, they can call you? Yeah. Or harass absolutely. you? Yeah. Yeah. What is the, why is it negative? Like, I don't understand the negativity behind it. I don't know. It. I don't know why, why it is. I, and, and, you know, maybe it's just something that I think, uh, you know, but I just think that men are to, to talk about testosterone and talk about sex drive and talk about, uh, you know, things of that nature. I think they're less comfortable doing it than women are when it comes to their estrogen supplement. Uh, well, yeah, well, dudes are, we're dumb for sure. And, uh, <laughs> we don't, uh, we don't talk about things. One uh, more thing I wanted to add too, as far yeah. as the concierge model goes, I being a frontline provider, I'm getting my vaccination this Thursday. So you can have me in your home and without the fear of, of me giving you COVID. The COVID vaccine. Yes. Dude, you're like one of the first people. Yeah. Thursday. I'm getting it Thursday. That's crazy. Yeah. It's I'm that get, quick. We're getting the Pfizer one. It's that quick, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with one, with, so it's two shots, but even after the first shot gets you 85 or to 90%, in the trials, all the people who, who caught COVID between the first and second shot, none of them were terribly sick and none of them were hospitalized. So it's, it's very, it's a very effective, it's actually sadly lost in our society is the incredible work that our scientists did and to develop this amazing vaccine uh, in less than a year. It typically takes, you know, five to 10 years to develop a vaccine and, and they've pulled this off. And, and all I'm reading about is people saying, I'm not getting that vaccine. And, you know, vaccines cause this, this, and this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad for me to see how many people have an opinion about things that they're really not qualified to based on their, their knowledge base and to truly understand something. I don't comment on other experts in different fields because I read something in a blog, you know, and, and so that kind of, kind of brings me down a little bit, but I'm hoping people are responsive to this and are, are smart about it and, and realize that it is actually quite safe uh, from all the studies that have been done so far uh, and are willing to get it to, to protect themselves in our society so things can get back to normal. You mean the people in the comments on Facebook don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're talking about? That's real? Yeah, I know, it's Come shocking, on, but yeah, it, it, yeah. That's gnarly. So what is there? Is there three? Well, we can talk about this too. Two injections, here, here. Uh, and they have to be, I believe they, I'm getting the first one Thursday, and then it's between like 22 and I want to say 46 days. There's a window that I have to get the second injection. I don't know how that was, you know, came about. I guess they, you know, in d different trial groups, they gave it at different levels and then checked their immune response, their antibody response down the road. And, and for whatever reason, they determined that was the optimal interval. It's two, two shots with the Pfizer one. I know that for sure. Yeah. And the Moderna as well. Moderna. Is, there's, there's there three, right? There's actually, I think, five of them, uh, different vaccines that are being developed right now. The, in, the, in, this, in, in the United States, the Moderna and the Pfizer are the most, uh, are probably going to be the, the most common ones used. Because, well, because we have a lady, she works for AstraZeneca, but that's... that's they have one as well, yes. That's UK? I yeah, think. I believe so. That's their base, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, well, I'm just, I don't, 
you guys listen to the podcast if you do like I don't watch the news, so I don't I live in my own little bubble for I sure. I like that. I try to avoid the news. Um, as much but as I, I do whatever like I've turned up all the apps on my phone, so every news app on my phone is dead. Every news app on here is dead, except I don't know how to turn off these little market tickers because obviously we invest money. And it'd be like the one day, I think it was Pfizer, it like jumped super high and the market went fucking nuts. And I'm like, well, I guess this is the vaccine stuff. And then I went and like read through it and did whatever. But it's interesting to hear you say, you know, like people should be, you know, at least open to definitely yeah, looking at it and saying it and like, what is the, I wouldn't imagine this. And again, like I don't. I'm not a conspiracy person or any of these things. Um, I'm as trusting as almost anybody. But I wouldn't imagine, like, these people would... A, obviously, the technology we have now is, like, compared to five years ago, is, like, a different planet. Oh, yeah. And if you think, like, how crazy it will be in five more years, like, like even, like, what your iPhone was, like, five years ago. It was dog shit. Now it's, like, the greatest thing in the world. In five more years, it's going to be, like, a hologram. It'll really creep me out. But we have this technology, and obviously we've thrown more money probably at this vaccine than anything that's ever happened but to think people would say like i wouldn't do it like and i'm not a you know gonna go on a vaccine kick here but like i wouldn't want to get like fucking polio right and and there's a lot of good stuff it does do exactly i mean by and large we live in a society that is vaccinated and you know our our grandparents uh you know it was if they had 10 siblings it was not uncommon for you know, eight of them to become adults and two to die from a childhood illness, you know, whether it be measles, whether it be polio, uh, rubella, you know, it is so many different uh, vaccinations that didn't exist then. And it was commonplace to lose a child if you had 10 children. And now that's like very, very, very rare. And I, and we, most young people or people, you know, my age and younger, they don't understand that, that that's the way things were. And here we are with an opportunity to to stop a pandemic uh, in its tracks with these vaccines. And so I'm hoping people are receptive to it and, and open to that. Because what was it like as a kid? What did I get? It was an MMR? Is that the shot? Yeah. Is, uh-huh. that, a, is that what Measles that is? Measles, mumps, rubella, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I remember like you'd go in and you'd get your shot. You your get band-aid. them all now. You get varicella. They have the strep shot. That, you know, there's a whole, a whole series of them. But they're all very safe. And so you guys, so how does it, I'm sure they just tell, what, how did that work? You just show up to work and they're like, hey, bro. You're getting the shot. Yeah, well, they, they've been emailing me, and uh, today actually was when I got my email to set my appointment for next Thursday. So uh, for all the ICU docs, the ER docs, the hospitalists that are taking care of the uh, the COVID patients, as well as the nurses and techs that work on those floors, we are uh, the front of the line. And you guys, it's basically like they don't give you a choice, do they? No, we do. Absolutely. It's not mandatory. Uh, but, and, but none of you guys are like, eh, fuck it. Well, <laughs> sadly, a good number of my colleagues have caught COVID. Uh, we actually lost uh, a nurse last uh, July from it, sadly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've seen firsthand what it can do to even, and, and not all the patients that die are, are, you know, people with comorbid disease. I've seen plenty of healthy people, very, very sick. Uh, but the ones who've had COVID, uh, they have their own immunity built up uh, to it. Uh, there are people, there are cases of people catching it twice. It's not that common. And those, some of those people that I know who've had it are going to wait to get the vaccine. Uh, but for most of my colleagues that uh, have not been infected yet are, are going to be getting it next Thursday with me. I suppose because you guys are around. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I, that's what I do I, last night. In a typical shift, I'll see 20 patients, and the ratios now I'm seeing about half of them are COVID patients. No kidding. Yeah. Our hospital is at 125% capacity right now. We have 60 people on vents, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty bad. I think it's hard for the general public to not 
to have a finger on this, on the pulse, to see what it's really like and what's happening because they don't see what, what I see on a daily basis and to, you know, take it seriously and take all the precautions you can to stay safe. Yeah, man. What a gnarly, what a gnarly schedule you've had this year. Yeah. I never expected this in my career. A <laughs> pandemic oh. as an ER doc is, uh, is not a lot of fun. I could tell you that. No. And while you're trying to start a second kind of business at the same time. Exactly. That's gnarly, dude. Um, let me look at this here quick. Um, yeah, man. Well, I'm, that's awesome to hear, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, all this stuff is definitely new to me. For sure, definitely. But um, anything else, dude? I just want to get my phone number out there if I can for those You're going to give your phone number to these guys? Is that all right? Bro, it's up to you, man. All right. So if you're interested and you want to schedule a consultation, my number is 480-299-2414. My website is hrtscottsdale.com. And my Instagram is at, at scottsdalehrt. Boom, dude. Um, what about anybody uh, who maybe is listening who's like, well, they're – they're not really sure you just you ask them just to like maybe reach out to you to shoot you a message and you can walk them through any questions yeah for sure obviously we didn't touch on all the specifics today uh but yeah if you have any questions i'm happy to take time and go through it with you and you can decide if it's right for you uh, i'm happy to answer any questions and i'm always available for my patients and for most people like this is pretty at this point it's pretty common. It's becoming very mainstream. Uh, you know, you just Google it and you'll see how many places come up with it. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Uh, and honestly, like for the, the weird, and I don't know what it is, if it's because people link it to, they think it's like steroids or think it's something that's, you know, crazy and different. Oh, those are before and afters, bro. Yeah, that was me in February when I started and that was April four months later oh nice dude yeah so it had it, it's and I feel as good as that picture looks I for those of you listening I just showed him my my picture the day I started and then four months later and uh my lean uh my my body got a lot leaner obviously and I felt really well yeah like I've never I mean for as weird as it is like in the obviously in the fitness world people are like oh are you on you know testosterone you're on xyz I'm like but I've never heard anything generally negative from anybody and i've been doing this a long time like we work with a lot of dudes most of the people come here obviously it's north scottsdale so most of them are over 40 a lot of dudes a lot of women and i'm like we've had a ton of people doing i've never heard like a negative thing about anybody they just say like they do feel yeah way it's, better it's it's good i I'm, I'm very happy i'm thankful to my friend to opening my eyes to this and get me into it and, and get me started the way i think of it is kind of like it's, it's technology right like you like anything, when people think, well, I don't know if I should do this because if I'm naturally aging, this is how it is. I'm like, yeah, but like 150 years ago, if you naturally had like shitty eyesight, you just couldn't see. Right. But if they told you to give you like LASIK or contacts, would you not do it in a heartbeat? Exactly. It's quality of life. Just that's basically what it is. Quality of life. I agree, man. And I think like to your point, I do think people on average, if you do this, I would assume you'll start to put the other pieces together, even if you don't. Like, I'm going to eat a little bit better. I'm going to try to get better sleep to maximize the results of it. For sure. Especially when you can see it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, right. It's a, it's a positive feedback loop, right? You look at yourself in the mirror, and you just want to push harder, and you want to get, you know, leaner and, and, and more fit. So it kind of just feeds itself. Nice, dude. Yeah, you got a busy life going on, bro. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, you're in the ER all the time. You're doing this, too. Three boys that are all play different sports. Man, your life is just too much, dude. That's good. And you I work out. Yes, I do. At the same time. I dig it, man. Always. Um, Fit for life. Yeah. Frank, this is Frank Zane. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> this is uh this is all good stuff, dude. I think 
Yeah, we covered pretty much everything. All right. Um, if there's anything else, if you guys need to reach out to him, obviously hit him up. And, man, thank you for, you know, doing your work at the ER, too. I can't imagine that is a fun – it doesn't happen a fun year for uh, you guys. No, but I, I, it's, you're welcome, and, you know, it's what I do, and I'm happy to, to do it. Yeah, because you guys are out dealing with the shit – every day so you don't ever know i don't want to talk all night but you don't ever know like what's going to come your way you just go to work and yeah i mean you know and uh, you know it's a hard job one thing i tell my wife is my job's never boring and never redundant i know every day is different so i never look at my watch to see how many hours are left in a day so there are some nice parts to it as well and you guys are probably looking forward to having this uh we we would call it a season of life to be over oh yeah it just just putting the gear on is you know because wearing those masks for a shift is quite painful yeah, walk. Let me do that since you're here anyway. If you got a minute, like when when you go in now, like how is it different? Because I'm just curious. And so anybody listening, you can mute me out if you don't want to hear this. Like two a year ago, you went into work a certain way. Now yeah. now you go in and it's a lot different. Well, yeah, my ER, the whole structure of the department has changed because we want to isolate the COVID patients from the non-COVID patients. So. We have a whole separate COVID zone that's completely, uh, you know, enclosed in one area with the doors shut. And, you know, when you go through, you have to go to a station where you put on your PPE, uh, which is your N95. You wear another mask over that, the shield. Um, when we have to do intubations, we wear what's called a papper. You look like, a, you know, one of the guys in those big white suits that, you know, work in the, in the you know, with the radiation. Like, uh, like breaking bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so we have to we have to gown up a certain way. There's a whole procedure and a way you have to put the PPE on, and then you have to go in and see the patient. You have to come out, and you have to take the PPE off in a certain way. You have to wipe it down a certain way, and you can't go from one room to the next without changing all your gear because you don't want to cross-contaminate people. Uh, so, it, you know, unless they're known COVID positive, because a lot of them are just suspected. So you got to give them the benefit that maybe they're not. You have to take everything off, clean it, and then put a whole new set back on and go into the next room. So last year I would walk into work and in the first 30 minutes I could see, you know, easily six patients and, and get things started. Whereas now with the time that it takes to, to do all that and to, and to prepare to see a patient and then to come out and take it all off and do it again, you know, it really slows down our productivity and it's, it's been a lot, you know, a lot more challenges. That's gnarly. And then that's you and every, basically everybody yeah. who works. In- uh, and the nurses and, you know, the techs and, you know, all the docs and it's just, you know, it's really, it's been hard. And the, most of the people who come in, like, do they already feel like shit? Uh, you know, it just all depends. It can be very variable. You know, some people will just come in to get tested because they were exposed. Some people will just have mild symptoms. And then you see the extremes where people can no longer breathe and you have to put them on a ventilator. And, you know, and if they're going on the ventilator, that half of those people aren't going to come off. It's, it can be disturbing. And then you still like, and so there's some, is there some nights where you are not with the COVID patients? You're just doing your normal your yes, stuff? there is one shift, and everyone wants that shift nowadays. For sure. Yeah, it, it used to be less desired because you actually covered the trauma as well, and trauma is you know can be pretty intense. Uh, but now trauma versus having to gown up and, and do all the PPE with the COVID is, is actually preferred. So the trauma shift is actually what we all want to do now. And you, that is just so... Yeah, it's weird because no one wanted to do the trauma shift before. That was the least desired shift, and, and now it's the most desired shift. Yeah, it just seems like your guys' job basically became 10 times harder. Yeah, it's intense. And it already, I'm sure, like mentally is not probably ideal some days anyway with some of the shit you guys got to see. Yeah, you try to you try to keep it away and separate yourself from it. But yeah, there are days I come home and, it, and, it, and you, from what you saw, you just can't let it go. It's tough. It stays with you. Yeah. So you're trying to get out to the HRT world. Exactly right. Call me up. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> Help me that. out. Yeah, man. Um, 
Yeah, that's just, how do you have energy just to do both? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I've, I've always had a lot of energy. I don't require very much sleep, um, and so it, it's never really been an issue for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit of a workaholic, my wife would say. Yeah, no, dude, it sounds like it for sure. And so, and obviously, you're not a, a fortune teller. Like, when do we, um, when can we do normal shit again? God, I hope soon. I hope the vaccine is a game changer, and I hope that a year from now we're saying, God, you remember what it was like last year? That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, because, like, I am, I'm a pretty positive person, but I get, like, the fatigue, too. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Yeah, we're all getting fatigued with wearing masks and social distancing and everything being canceled. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough on everybody. And I understand why people don't want to wear a mask and they're sick of it. Um, but again, I just urge you to, we're almost there, you know, we're, we're, we're 90 yards and 10 yards to go. Let's just, you know, finish it out and, and be safe and let's hope the vaccine, uh, you know, does what it's, it's built to do. And, uh, we can think of this as something in the past. Yeah. That's what I keep, uh, I say it's, you know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mask thing, like it is what is it to me? It's like, just, we can't do normal shit. Oh yeah. Like I'm like, I can't go to, and it's like luxury stuff. Like, but you can't even go see like your friends. Yeah. You normally do. And I'm like, this blows dude. Everything. Vacations, uh, you know, weddings, uh, bar mitzvahs, you know, just hugging somebody. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame. You know, the physical contact that's gone. Yeah. It has been kind of gnarly. So hopefully six months seven months eight months from now we're like hey fingers crossed the yep. world is way better than the current moment we're in I can only hope yeah it's always interesting to hear from you guys because you deal with it obviously up front but yep. nice dude uh i appreciate it man this is all good info for sure hopefully these guys uh, appreciate it. the hormone stuff i do think is neat just because i've seen it here too uh from people who obviously why would you not want to feel your best if you're 60 if you could feel like you're 30. And I'm sure you've had clients that you've seen transform with not just your training, but also the, you know, the use of the, of the testosterone has got to help them. Uh, yeah. Well, I always say this, like when it's, you know, can't, well, when you look at men and women across the board, like obviously we've had like Colleen Foch has been on the podcast. She's like the 26th fittest woman in the world. She's jacked like a dude. Um, but nobody else is going <laughs> to, nobody else can be her. And I love, I love you, Colleen. Um, there's no, you know, she's overhead push pressing 405. Oh my God. Like that's most dudes are not going to even yeah, touch half that. But lift it. this is like, you're talking, you know, she's a unicorn where most women are not that. And people are like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, women can lift heavy all day. They don't have the hormones to produce the tissue. Like, they're, they're not going to get it. And so, like, well, can you build a ton of muscle without testosterone? I'm like, uh, no. It's like ice skating uphill. Like, you can make progress, but if your stuff is not where it's supposed to be, it's, you know. There's a plateau. You're only going to get to a certain point without it. That's it. And especially as you get older, like, it just it does become harder. Like, yeah. in the, for me, a lot of these dudes here, we do see them overall. They're leaner. If they are, you know, let's say their stuff was at – uh, 300. Now they're like riding at 700 or let's just throw an example out there. Like we'll see them be leaner overall. Uh, they do have more energy, but their recovery seems to be better. Definitely. Oh, I forgot to mention that actually. That's a great point you bring up. So, you know, I, I was a wrestler, a skier, a, you know, lacrosse player, a hockey player. And, you know, orthopedically I've had arthroscopic surgery on my right shoulder, my left knee, ACL, LCL, meniscus, microfracture surgery. And pain was basically a part of my life. You've and had them all. You've had them all. Yeah, all of that. Dude, on my left knee. Yeah, it's it's worst. been. Uh, and I this was a, a side effect that I did not anticipate, but I was blown away at how much. Like I it was almost you know five days a week I would wake up with some degree of pain, 
And now it's the exact opposite. Five days a week, I'm waking up pain-free and I have nothing else that's changed in my life other than that. And so, yeah, it, it definitely helps with recovery and also with just your, basically your, the health of your joints. Yeah, I have seen that from people for sure. Yeah. And I think, and against the difference between like, you know, when you're 17 years old, you can play six basketball games in a yeah. day. And like, now I play one and I'm like, fuck, definitely. Dude. I feel like I can't move. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there was something, there's one other thing I was going to ask you too. God, now I'm losing my mind. It's Friday. I'm going crazy here. I hear you. Um, no, dude, that's all good stuff. hundred percent. Um, oh, the last thing. Yeah. Uh, you supplements for any of these dudes, anything, not even performance wise, just like health, health wise for people. You know, as far as supplements go, yeah, you want to make sure if you're not getting it in your diet, you're not eating a, a, a good, healthy diet. It's hard for all of us to eat really three great square meals a day. You know, any kind of a protein supplement is going to help with, with muscle mass, uh, and then something that I started taking a couple of years ago, one of my, one of the PAs that worked with me, uh, turned me on to just doing like a pre-workout powder that I mix with water. Uh, it's, it's got some caffeine, it's got a bunch of vitamins in it and I, I, I love it. I, I take it before I work out and I, and I just feel really amped to get to the gym and, and it, and it kind of pushes me through. Maybe it's not something I needed in my twenties, but in my fifties, yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. And anything else? That's, a, that's probably the main two things. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And how do you eat? Just curious. Uh, well, my wife cooks really well. She, she cooks healthy food, uh, you know, tries to always keep it lean. Uh, we never fry any food, uh, try to, you know, limit eating after dinner. Uh, and, uh, you know, for breakfast, just kind of high protein, just eat some eggs uh, and some juice and things like that. You Lots uh, of fruit. Yeah, you, um, I could live on fruit if I had a, a steady f- supply of good produce. I could too, but I'd be, like, I'd be like 300 pounds because it's <laughs> a man, lot of sugar. Yeah, it gets tough over time. Um, what do you eat, twice a day, three times a day? Uh, two, to, two, two to three. It depends on my work schedule too. Sometimes at work I don't get the opportunity to and then that hunger goes away and I may not eat. Yeah. You fast at all or no? Uh, I did for a little bit uh, last spring. Uh, and, but I, in the morning I'll generally just eat like a, a protein bar and, uh, and go to the gym and then I'll have lunch. That'll be my first real meal of the day. And if, if I don't do that, I'll, I might just have a couple of eggs. Nice dude. Any vices, booze, sugar, anything? No, I, 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 I want to drink a couple of days a year maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, in my, when I'm in my twenties in college and things like that. Yeah. But that's as what, I've gotten older, that's what I, we do. I really yeah. don't, don't drink much at all anymore. And, and it's probably also just for lack of opportunity. I, I love to go out and see music and, and have a drink, but the opportunity doesn't present too often anymore. Uh, no, unfortunately there's not in like people are like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, yeah, same, same shit I've been doing last, last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Nothing dude. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, well, I'm always interested to see how, like, you guys eat as physicians. Um, it's nice to hear, you know, because sometimes, yeah. no offense, you meet a, a medical person who's 150 pounds overweight, and it's really tough to, like... A little hypocritical. To listen. To patient like, to lose weight when you're not doing yeah, it yourself. It's yeah. like, you're full of shit, dude. <laughs> um, but no, you're a fit dude, so good to hear. Um, awesome stuff, man. I appreciate it. This is all thank amazing you for, info. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Thank you for dealing with the shit world we got going on and thank you for you know getting people obviously feeling good with the proper hormones and, and doing it in a, in a safe and efficient manner so um yeah again if you guys want to check out his stuff i'm going to link it uh obviously all in the show notes the instagram is at scottsdale hrt and then obviously um hrt scottsdale.com and then we'll do everything else it'll pop up on the newsletter uh you guys will see it we'll throw it um a couple other places too when i put it on facebook we'll link it but um, all good stuff, dude. Thank you. Thanks awesome, for having man. me. Um, so yeah, any questions you guys obviously have for us, 
hit us up as always. If you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Just scroll your finger all the way down. Click the five-star button. Leave a couple of sentences. I truly would appreciate it. And if you got any questions for the doctor, just hit him up. He already shared his phone number on here, which is crazy, but <laughs> now you got it. So it's there. So um, appreciate you guys. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.